Welcome to the Coach Fury Podcast. This is where fitness and geekdom collide. It's time to live long, be strong, and die mighty. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 46 of the show. Today's guest is actually asleep in my apartment as we speak. Um, Wesley Showalter, aka Show Dub. Um, Wesley and I are going to head out soon to go teach an HKC kettlebell certification at MFF Bowery. So he hopped off the bus from Philly last night, got some food. Thanks for cooking, Kim. Uh, and we had a couple of drinks and recorded the show here at Fury Industries at home. And uh, you'll hear Kim on it for a little bit. So it's a fun one. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's a fun one. But before you get to listen to that, listen to me. If you yourself or you know some people in the South Slope area of Brooklyn, South Brooklyn, um, that want some legit training in a really good atmosphere and vibe, right? Like a home feel amongst really solid people. And I'm, I'm blessed by how the Fury crew is forming here, our members, because um, they're all very different, but we all gel so well. It's super cool. Um, so if you know anybody that you think I might be able to help, that would appreciate or benefit from our services here, send them my way. Go to coachfury.com. So uh, online coaching, small group classes, and personal training right here. And then there's also the workshops coming up. So I'm going to go through these really quickly. So the next one thing I have up now is on uh, Sunday, August 12th, I have a four-hour DVRT Ultimate Sandbag Training Workshop at Brooklyn Health and Performance. Only 100 bucks currently. Uh, price will go up about 50 bucks soon. And if you take that and you're thinking of taking a DVRT cert, the full price of the workshop can be applied towards your cert. So really, you learn about the ins and outs of uh, what makes DVRT training and the Ultimate Sandbag special. You get some hands-on and you get some cert prep that are very good price point. Really fun one to teach as well. And then Sunday, September 16th at MFF Bowery, Original Strength Pressing Reset Workshop. Now, look, there's lots of movement restoration stuff and uh, correctives courses out there, and everything has something to, to add value, right? Um, I will say that I have found original strength to just be super simple uh, and easily applicable right out the gate. So come and check it out. Uh, if It'll only be a value add for what you do, even if you're you know, a super loyalist to something else, right? Not trying to replace things, just trying to add value, make it easier for your life as a coach or if you're an enthusiast to make it easier for you to understand how to move and help yourself better, right? So original strength pressing reset workshop. Uh, and then DVRT level one and level two coming up Saturday, September 22nd, Sunday the 23rd at MSC Strength in Boston. You don't need to be pre-existing level one to take the two. Um, somebody was asking, a friend was asking me that. Uh, you can sign up for both of them and go through it the same weekend. And then the RKC Kettlebell Certification is happening next year, Saturday, March 2nd, and Sunday, March 3rd at Momentum Fitness. Thank you, Marco, for having us out. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, and everywhere and everyone in between, Welcome to the show. If I go like this, like, oh. like, like I, want, I want them, I want to be like, I'm definitely leaving soon. I'm pretty seat. sure we got we our. We should be recording this right now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are recording this right now, and I believe we have our first two recorded parts on the Coach Fury podcast. Yo! <laughs> Beep to the bop. All right, so uh, we have a special episode. Uh, Wes 
Showalter. Wesley Showalter is here in our apartment in Fury Industries, crashing for the night. He's going to be an assistant instructor with me in an HKC kettlebell certification. And the destroyer, Mrs. Fury, my wife, Kim, is also joining us right here until she's had enough of hearing Wes and I talk and leaves on us. Um, which is pre-approved, but we've already hit some landmarks. Uh, landmarks already approved up today. Uh, Wes got his blue belt in, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and we have our first two recorded farts on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! And while I'm like stoked about his uh, getting the belt, I think the farts are actually probably what I'm happier about now. Um, mm. Welcome to the Coach Fury Podcast, episode 46. I'm here, baby. 46. Uh, so let's talk about this. Uh, what, one of the things I wanted to talk about with Wes is um, one of the struggles that I've had is I've you know uh, when you, when you hear from people that leave, work at a big box gym, you're not supposed to leave and then take your clients. But a lot of the times somebody builds up a business and then they leave and they take their clients with them. And I've never really actively done that. Where when I left one place to go to another, it's always a rebuild. And then when I went out on my own. It was very much a rebuild here uh, in Fury Industries and also just adjusting what I wanted my business model to, to be. And Wes and I, he's crashed here before. I've crashed at his place. And Wes, the, tell the listeners where you were from, where you were doing very well. And then let's talk a little bit about what it was like moving to where you are now. Okay. So uh, I'm from State College, Pennsylvania, which is like where Penn State is, Happy Valley. I met my now wife there who's a badass. Her name is Nancy Campbell. She didn't change her last name to show Walter. But in any case, we moved to Chicago. Does that sting a little bit? A little bit. <laughs> I, but I, and on Facebook, it says Nancy, parentheses, not show Walter. So that's cool. <laughs> um, but in any case, I was in state college. I went to school for like Kines. Sorry. Had internships, all that stuff, which another side story is how I met Todd and Chris, one of the gyms that I worked at and interned at. But in any case, so I was in state college. We moved to Chicago because Nancy had gotten into medical school there. And I started a big box gym called David Barton Gym. I think they're still around, but uh, I would equate it to like an Equinox, like very high end. Uh, David Barton? David Barton? Yeah, yeah, he's from New York. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The infamous Chelsea yeah. gym of yeah. David Barton. Mm-hmm. Fancy. Yeah, so that, that gym they had in yes. Chicago. They ended up like, I think, going bankrupt. But well, they, they, they apparently closed that without people even knowing yeah, in they, New York. Yeah. Like just like suddenly people, staff and members went to work one day and it was like locked. You know yeah. how famous his wife was, Suzanne Barsh. Too. She was she was like a she model. was a big club promoter in here in New York. So right. there she's yeah, there's some history. Right, and he has a kid and stuff. Yes. But in any case, so I was at David Barton and it was like the first time that I'd ever had like a real gym job. Like I'd worked at a mom and pop gym before that. It was like right after I graduated college. And one thing that I'll say, people like, not everyone, but people tend to like bash big box gyms, right? But it was like an awesome learning experience for me. I crushed a ton of sessions. I learned how to like essentially get business, I guess, hustle, you could say. On top of that, it was like really the first time I started doing group stuff, which totally happened by accident. And when what happened was uh, one of the trainers didn't show up to teach their class. I think it was called like ass, arms and abs or something like that. And so they were like, yo, Wes, you got to teach this class. And I was like, okay. And I was like about to leave. And I went and I taught it. And it was like awesome. And then from there, I ended up teaching a bunch of classes. Anyway, back to the story. So I'm at David Barton Gym. I'm teaching classes. I'm doing one-on-one sessions, all that jazz. From there, I kind of got poached by this one dude who had like a private training facility. And on top of that, at the 
at David Barton, I was kind of like as high as you could get in the food chain of like trainers. There was like one step above, but I just didn't see it happening and all this other stuff. So I went with this dude and I taught classes at his facility and I trained my clients there privately. I didn't necessarily take all of them from David Barton. That's a whole nother story. Um, so I'm teaching classes to like get in front of bodies and all that. I'm like building a following and I guess a brand you could say. So I'm teaching classes, training people. Then another place comes and they're like, yo, we want us to work. We want you to work for us. And again, this is more like towards the group exercise model type thing. And the opportunity was pretty awesome. And the one gym that I had been at, I kind of, again, it was like, I wasn't really going to move up in the system. So I went there. It was an awesome opportunity. Side note, I was also doing stuff with Mike Conley. So Todd had linked me and Mike up and he was like, yo, there's this cat in Chicago. I'm going to link you guys up. He's like our people cut from the same cloth, that sort of thing. I went and worked out with Mike and literally I just kept going back like every day. We'd just work out. Like I wasn't even training or anything. I'd just go and I'd be trained together. Um, and at the time there wasn't strength action program, but once there was, that was like what we were doing. So we started bonding, connecting, making dick and fart jokes, listening to Madeline being so super cool. So I'm at like three facilities, right? I end up being at Rebel with Mike at the time. I ended up being at this place, Studio 3. That actually was pretty awesome. If anyone from Studio 3 is listening to this, I love you all and I miss you. And I'll be back to guest coach soon. So I was at Studio 3 and then I was renting space at another facility doing one-on-ones, which like sounds kind of crazy because you're at three places, but it was very manageable. And on top of that, like everything was essentially on my terms in terms of like my schedule and like my clients and like I was making what I needed to make, what I wanted to make, all that. Um, Fast track, my wife, uh, Nancy, so she's in medicine and she matched in Philadelphia. So when she matches, when you match, if you're in medicine, like that's kind of it, right? Like if you're like pediatrics or surgery or whatever the specialty is, when you match, it's like, that's it. It's not like, I don't want to go here or whatever. So in any case, she matches Philly. So I'm like, okay, we got to pick up, move across the country, which kind of like brings us to where we're at now. I didn't realize like how tough it was going to be to like regrow business because we've all talked about this, but like the reality is the clients do not care about how many letters we have after our name or what level of education we have. They want to like know who you are and like you have to be like personable and likable and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like no one, that whole, what is it? No one knows how much, no one cares how much you know until they, you know that one. The the bottom line is, and this was an eye opener for me when I was trying to figure out like, uh, do I stay with Strong First just as an instructor and try to, you know, get on a leadership team there or have, I had the offer with the RKC uh, and then dealing with not only the decision, but also the fallout of the decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bottom line is this. We get so wrapped up in initials, and I want people to be proud of their initials, but we get so fucking wrapped up on it that it actually has nothing to do with the people we train, the actual letters. It's like the education behind it. Mm -hmm. And it took me a little while to get my ego out of, like, I'm so proud of, like, doing this and this, and I want people to have that pride in it. But if you go into a restaurant or any store with 10 to 30 people, Maybe one of them has heard of the three initials behind your name and like kettlebells or something where like, oh, my trainer is this. Right. They don't know what it means beyond that. Right. So when you get caught up in it, what they care about is what you, the person, delivers to them. Hmm. Not just from that kettlebell cert or whatever cert it might be, but like your combined experience as a coach. Right. And I, I fully agree with that. Like I think it's a, it's, it's a hard one that gets lost 
and you know I teach for groups that I love and I have a lot of uh, very proud of being a part of them but it's the education that gets lost right. and we had this talk so Wes took the RKC2 with me um, in October and it was no, May. May shit I'm yeah. thinking of like because it was Ocho Cinco yeah, it was May and it was super short notice. Like, we ended up with the spot open. I was like, hey, Wes, can you do it? He had, like, li- literally no time to train for it. And we had this conversation. I was very open. I'm like, dude, like, send me videos for things that you might not pass. But, like, coming, you have this opportunity to get the education. And, of course, you fucking passed everything, <laughs> um, which was amazing. But, which is also a testament to having a strong baseline strength, which we do in Strength Faction, as to being overly s- specific in what you're working towards. Um, but it was like, come and get the information, right? So that you can use that with other people other than the initials. And that's like, uh, it's important because we, we chase acronyms at the end of our business cards. We like to hang things on the walls cause they look impressive, but it's like, you know, like if, if, if Wes had a wall of certs and the person came in and had a, a mediocre emotional experience in that session, it's not going to be the same as if someone else with like zero certs but loves taking classes or does like P90X comes in and, and just gives them a great experience. Bingo. They're going to go with the person who just did a P90X right off the DVD workout. And it fucking sucks, guys, because I know huh. we all work hard on like getting good at what we do, but like that's the reality of what most people are looking for. Mm-hmm. Not specifically a P90X workout. But the experience that might be delivered, the feeling that comes at the end of it as somebody that can like create the right amount of energy or the right amount of care, whatever it might be. Um, anyway, that's a, a little bit of like a sidetrack notion. But um, you were, as you were saying, it wasn't so much about the initials, but in terms of like showing up at another place now. So you end up in Philly and you ended up in a really great spot. And, and what were the struggles once you got in there? Not necessarily at the spot, but just in terms of like trying to rebuild a business from scratch. Uh, kind of like I was saying before, like in Chicago, I, I had business, but it was because I already like, I guess, established relationships, right? Within your community. Like that, it sounds super like basic, but that's what it is. Like networking, like meeting people, shaking hands, kissing babies, like getting in front of bodies. That's how I got business since in Chicago and referrals, right? Cause like most of my business was like, oh, so like the best thing you can do is have someone else be like, yo, Wes or Fury is fucking awesome. You should train with this person. And not even like Facebook, but just like if they're chilling at a bar, like if you have people talking about you without you asking them to, like you're gonna have, you know, you're gonna crush it in theory, I think. Um, what was it? So in any case, now I'm at this spot, BPM, right? I'm doing jujitsu, I'm doing my own thing. And I'm slowly but surely kind of like re-growing and again, giving people the experience, if you will, and like establishing those relationships and showing people that I give a shit and want them to get in good positions and all that. But what's really cool is like, as I age, and I don't know if this is, this is probably like standard for a career, but other trainers and coaches come to me now. Like every facility I'm at, I'm not making this up. And like, it pumps me up. I'm not going to lie. It's very similar to my strength faction mentor role, but like everyone fucking comes to me. Everyone, even like the, you know, business owner people and be like, yo Wes, what do you think about this? Or like, they'll ask my opinion on like, and I love that shit. And it, you know what I mean? I get a total it, like boner. It's a weird thing. Cause it's not even age. It's like, how old are you? 
I'm I'm always well. I'm 29. Yeah. So like when you say like it's not, it's like I'm getting older, or whatever. I'm like I'm 46. Yeah, you're old but, as fuck. But it is. I am. <laughs> I am. I'm kidding. I, I pee dust. It's true. Uh, but you're sleeping it, on the roof tonight. <laughs> but it's uh, but it, it it is years in the game, right? It's like no matter how old you are, because I'm I'm still relatively new. I'm coming on my eighth year as a full, you know, as a trainer. Uh, I think next May will be eight years full time, but. Uh, September makes so I was like seven and a half eight years full part time full time and you realize like in an industry that people last two to three years like that's actually like a lot of time like not like it's it's not against other people but like against like a lot of people that bail in and out and it's enough that I'm that enthusiast that loved what I was doing and wanted to learn and wanted to share. Right. Right. And a lot of enthusiasts, like I, I love it when enthusiasts come to the, come to certs and courses cause they're always a little bit like, Oh, you know, I'm just like, I'm not like you guys. I'm something less. But like, like they no, think they're, it's like, no, you're, you're not. You're actually, learn. you're on an even fucking keel with all of right. us. Like someone might right. be smarter in one aspect, but your fucking heart, personality, drive, right. whatever. It's just a title. It, it really it is. is. It's like, okay, you have the title trainer or coach, but we're both here and both here to learn. So what's the difference? So then you make that transition, whether it's like right. you start part-time and go full-time. And then there's like, we all have these moments and I, all of us. And I, I, okay, I'm not gonna say all of us, but most of us, with my experience of both newer trainers and veteran trainers, is you have roller coaster rides where you find a sweet spot, yep, and then it fucking bottoms out on you where you're yep. like really start questioning everything, like, yeah, like your existence, and then right when you're like, fuck, man, maybe it's time, you just love it so much you hold on a little longer than somebody else might. Those two to three years, they they might just be like, I'm I'm done. But because your heart's in it, you hang in a little longer and then it opens up again, right? And you start going up the cyclone, the roller coaster reference in Brooklyn. Um, huh. you, start, you start going up again and, and it's that. And then you start to realize there's a little bit of a, a weird comfort level that the next time you bottom out, say year three or four, you're like, I just know if I fucking focus on this, it's going to pick up again. And then you know what it does? And as a former executive producer in visual effects and advertising, like shit goes wrong all the time in any job. Things fall apart. But if you kind of like ride the course, you can help guide them to put them together. Because more often than not, things magically put them put themselves uh, back into place. But I can relate, even though I, I didn't leave a state. I mean, that's a much bigger thing. Mm. My business models have changed. What I thought I wanted to do, what I thought was realistic, what I thought would work, what I thought would be fun. Like when I left MFF, I really wanted like a bunch of online. I wanted like 30, 40 online clients. Mm. And then like maybe like five hours of sessions a week. I wanted to be from home so that when I travel and teach certs, I'd still be making money. I could have my schedule to hang out with Kim and the kids, do whatever I want, actually get my training back on track myself. And then, like I've said on this podcast before, I hit like 15, 16 people. And I'm like, this sucks. I don't like having like this many people. And I realized what my sweet spot is. And But then I'm like, to financially still have a career and maintain that sweet spot online, I need this, mm. right? This many on, the one-on-one sessions. And then I started looking at one-on-one sessions. And then I did what a lot of us trainers do. Because very few of us just work at one gym. Like, that's kind of a gift. Right. Uh, you know, we take, we, we do our main gym that we're staff at. We do our in-house sessions. And then I found myself running around the city like crazy. And then there was one day, and Kim will remember this, where I was like, 
I was going to have six hours of commuting just on and off the subway one day, in and out of the city between Brooklyn and Manhattan three times. You could times. watch Titanic twice. <laughs> I could watch like two of the Lord of the Rings extended editions. Damn. Right? That's fucking crazy. If I can, if you can get through Fellowship of the Ring and the Two Towers extended <laughs> editions on a work day, you got to figure out like your quality of life. <laughs> also, if my math is right, six hours is one-fourth of a day. If my math is right. I think your math, your is, math correct. is correct. Right. That's an entire fourth, a.k.a. quarter of a day. Yeah. And I, <laughs> so I started realizing I, I, I also emotionally, I didn't realize how much I was going to miss teaching classes. Mm. So then I started trying Dude, isn't to, that weird? Class program. It's a totally Dude, different energy. It is. And I do small group here. So like admittedly, Fury Industries, we're, we're hitting six months of classes and we have a wonderful membership. It's very small, but it's growing because it's in my apartment. So it's all referral based. Right. Like I do social media, but like, I, I'll just throw it out there. Uh, if there's a woman or a, a male out there, but specifically women, you know, uh, more deliberately, and suddenly like somebody's like, I'm training out of your living room, you should have a referral before you go to that person's apartment to do a class. Yeah. Right? Like, well, so it's going to be Buffalo Bill. It's really creepy. So I totally get that. And I didn't really expect that in the beginning. I just thought, like, read my reviews, that would be enough. But right. it's really referral based. And then I realized, like, I actually like that it's referral based. Because when the people come people in, there's already... People are kind of in the tribe, too. Well, it's like once they get through that thing of like, all right, who is this guy that my right. friend has been talking about? And then if I deliver this experience, like we talked about versus initials, delivering, if I can deliver that, then it, it's like a double buy-in. Because they're like, oh, I really like this guy. And now I totally get why the person that referred me got this guy. It, it kind of like vets on both ends. Because I'm like, well, my, I already know... like. I'm probably going to want to train with you if my if this person already trains me yep. and my friend says like you're going to be good for this thing and then you're like oh shit like it's like you and I like people were like I bet you get along with Fury <laughs> I bet you're going to love Wes and then you meet and you're like oh yeah this makes total fucking sense like my membership makes total sense they're from all over the spectrum because those referrals are all over but it's uh so what I'm what I'm trying to get into this point is instead of chasing the dollar and chasing like and just being like trying to grab whatever I can, I deliberately actually started pulling back and being more focused. Now it does cost me money to do that at some times, but it's cost me or it gained me, benefited me so much more in terms of time with hanging out with Kim, hanging out with the kids. I went to a skate park three days in a row this week. I haven't done that since I was like fucking 18, 20, like three days in a row. And it was great. Did you do a kickflip? I did not do a kickflip because I'm sketchy as fuck. <laughs> All right, right. I got kicked. I, kick? I started getting kickflips back. Last year, I started going back to the skateboard on my board to get uh, <laughs> A because my soul needed it. And I was considering it as cardio because I was getting into wedding shape. I for think it wedding. counts as cardio. It definitely Sweating does. Sweating for the wedding. Um, <laughs> but I was also like incredibly, uh, you know, at MFF, we, we, we talk about running your own race and like, it's just as any coaches, we talk, a person comes in, run your own race. So, uh, listeners, I am somebody that has been in surgery, both on my shoulder and my knee three years apart from the same pool. So I would drop in and out of say like an eight foot pool, uh, in a bowl, wood bowl. Um, and it's in the drop-ins didn't do it, but like accidents within trying to do stuff did. And now it's like, I get up to like a three foot quarter pipe and I'm like, how do you do this thing? Huh. Uh, and but so anyway, I, I haven't done a kickflip yet because I'm building up. But the new thing this year what about is about ollie. This year I have done ollies. I have done one eighty one eighty ollies. I have cool. done. I can tick tock nollies. Well, when you can do a method air and you can do a handstand on it. Uh, I can't do a method air, but yeah. I don't think I've ever had a method air. 
But I started riding my BMX bike in the pool. And BMX bike fails, uh, falls are much more, are much harder, worse, <laughs> sketchier. Do you smash your nuts? No, well, the thing with the bike is like the leverage works in a way that you fucking slam harder or the bike <laughs> hits you or you land on the bike. Oh, that doesn't feel good. And I have smashed my nuts. Like there Shame. used to there used to be a, a skate park actually not far from my buddies at BK Fitness on like 22nd Street. Pop, pop. And I, I went off a box jump to do a, a grind on a, a, you know, on a ledge that was along the box jump. And like the little fucking pin on your pedal caught in the little pilot hole where they used to like drill the screw in to put the coping into the thing and I so I, I, I like fly up land on this ledge and the bike just stops and I just bashed my nuts so hard and <laughs> it like took me out for like 10 minutes and then you know I'm an idiot I'm like I'm gonna keep riding and then I finally at the end of the session like two hours later I got home and I took my underwear off hey, to like assess the damage pants? And it was <laughs> fucking horrible. It's like my it's all bruised. Well, no, it's I mean bruised. Like, I don't know what happened. Like the deepest purple, <laughs> and my balls were twice the size that they oh. normally would be. Ooh. So I went to the ER because I was afraid that, like, literally, maybe like scrotum? maybe I like ruptured a ball or something. <laughs> so I end up at uh, Litch Hospital, Long Island College Hospital. Now, nobody but Brooklyn residents will know this, but this is a hospital that no longer exists. Was sort of lamented that it went, but was also like the shittiest hospital in like my area of Brooklyn. So not only was I there forever, it happened to be that like the urology interns students were in that day. So I'm in this like Those are like know, the penis doctors. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm in this, you know, waiting room in ER or in a bed. I, I wasn't in the waiting room. I'm in, I'm in an ER and there's an older guy across from me <laughs> dealing with whatever he's dealing with. <laughs> And, you know, I've already gone through a sonogram of my nuts. They're looking at my nuts. Do you still and, have it? Uh, no. I mean, oh. I didn't, I didn't have... Sorry. This is pre-digital. Like, oh, they would have yeah. given me a mini DV tape of my sonogram. All right. So, sonogram of the nuts. They took out that uh, Panasonic VX1000. Whoa. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, but they bring these students in and ask me to, like, lift my ah. thing up to check out and talk about my case. I would pay for that. And the guy across me, the old cat across me is like, okay, what do you want to start charging for tickets? Because I ended up having all these people randomly staring, at, at, my, your nuts. staring at my nuts. Testically. Well, I hope you were in shape during that little... Uh, I, I was not, actually. In, in the BMX days, it's before I had kids. I had, like, I don't know, idiot strength, idiot conditioning. Like, I just loved what I was doing, and I would get, like, real tired, but I would just keep doing it. I don't know what that is. Like, I just love... You know how, like, work capacity goes up when you love what we do? We fuck around with our training all the time. That's true. Like, uh, uh, exp if you explain what the Carrie Fisher Fury Tuesday is in Strength Faction. Uh, really quickly before I break in. Strength Faction, Wes mentioned it. The way that Wes and I met each other is through the online training community, community Strength Faction that Mike Connolly, Chris Merritt, and Todd Bumgarner started. And I was reaching out to Todd. Folks, you've heard, Todd's been on this podcast. You know this story. Uh, Todd, but, hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Is it us you're looking for? Um, but Wes and I are mentors uh, on that and just through our all punk rock backgrounds and comic book backgrounds. Super alt. Super bonded. Um, but anyway, tell us. Uh, so I write, I program what's called a Fury Thursday or a Fury Tuesday, which is sort of like a reset recovery-ish 
day, but uh, this month it's called Carrie Fisher. Explain <laughs> what a Carrie Fisher is. All right, so Carrie Fisher is 20 minutes. You grab a kettlebell or a dumbbell, but preferably a kettlebell, and you can't put it down for 20 minutes. Oh, that's the goal. The goal is to not put it down. You can change positions. You can change hands. You can go far or uh, suitcase, rack, overhead. The world is your oyster. You can switch hands as often as you'd like, but the goal is to not put it on the ground. And I successfully did that. It was actually a lot, thank you very much, Kim, uh, a lot harder than it sounds, but it was like fucking fun. I was like playing music and shit and sticking my tongue out. It was a good time. What I like about it, it's something that I just discovered that in my training, I was sort of taking things a little bit too easy and I wanted to work on my endurance and my just my mental aspect. And I was actually on a phone call with one of my mentees in Shrink Faction and he was asking me questions. I think it was Nick. Nick, I'm sorry. I'm having a drink right now. So, Nick. And uh, I'm like, I'm going for carries. I'm going for... It's okay. You can get a beer. All right, I'm going to have I'm listening. Anyway, so carries. Thanks, Kim. So, uh, I'm like, Nick, it's my carry day. And we started having a conversation. And I walked longer with Nick than I had... Uh, like talking to him like while I, you're doing the carries, while I'm doing so you have Bluetooth the carries, on? I had a 16 with my Bluetooth on with, with headphones on. That's actually pretty awesome. And it was like 30 minutes long, and I'm like, because I wanted from an original strength perspective, I wanted to try to stay as relaxed Thanks, as possible. Dude. I wanted to have the right positions, but I didn't want to go like hard style on it, and I didn't want my breathing to get all fucked up. So like, it was actually helped me distract me from walking around. But one of the things I'm doing in this train in my training right now, especially in the summer, is I'm trying to do as much stuff outdoors as I can. So instead of doing like 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off of a carry, I just grab a, a pretty light bell, but I go for a long time, right? Like how often do you get to do that? I know. Isn't that weird? But it's like kind of fun. So like when you walk from the train, so what I'll do is I'll start with a suitcase. Do people stare at you, by the way? Yeah. Some people <laughs> will say some shit and some people have no idea what I'm doing. And right. I'm like, all right. I don't, I don't really care about right, that. Me neither. But I'll, I'll like uh, every block I switch position. Right. So that's how I gauge. I don't go by time. I go that's by cool. like when I get to the next block, I go to the other hand. So it's like suitcase, next block, suitcase, next block. Back to the original hand, but rack, then rack, then waiter, then waiter, then repeat, right? And I'll do that for like a half a mile. It's like 30, like, I'm usually like out like 26, 30 minutes. Um, and I, I go between a 16 and an 18 because I've already worked out prior. Oh, you do it like as a finisher? Like it's a, and, it's, it's yeah. like I don't like really look, I don't, I don't look at finishers, but like it's my carry, it's part of my workout. Right, right, right. So I'm already pre-fatigued. So like a 20K, I tried a 20K one day and I was like shot. It's like I didn't get very far with it. So... Uh, in strength faction, it's just the carry. Like that's the whole day. And what I love about it, it is so simple. Like it is so simple. It's awesome. And like, tell me you don't feel like you got a good training session out of that. I did. I feel like like my traps and shit. Which I like. So I don't know if it's like the bro in me or whatever. I'm like, yeah, traps. Oh yeah. And like, I'm like, I'm gonna wear a shirt and I'm gonna cut it so deep. So you can see my traps. <laughs> but, so next time I do Carrie Fisher, I'm going to wear like a super low cut shirt. <laughs> yeah. And the goal is it's 20 minutes, like the first two or three weeks. And then uh, by the end, it's 30 minutes. But like Megan, and, and this is something anybody can do. This isn't for trainers only like uh, Megatron, Megan Stryker, one of my online heroes who's been on the, the podcast before. She ended her online program at 30 minutes. Damn. And she was like, <laughs> I love this program and I'm sad to see it go, but I don't think I need to do more than 30 minutes of carries. <laughs> so that's again. my cap. 
And she had it at the end of shit too, though. Right, like after a training session. Yeah, so I generally do like four things in a training session right now, but I train about five days a week. Mm. So I'll do like, uh, you know, some warm up y stuff, and then I do like two big lifts, and then after the two big lifts, and it's two big lifts and a reset. And then after that, I either do, uh, I've been working on my snatch test, so I have snatch a specific protocol. Are you re upping? No, but it's for myself. Oh, just to like have it in your Rolodex or some shit. Yeah, you know when I when this thyroid thing kicked, right. I lost a lot of my strength. Work and as my strength got back, the overhead stability was still a limiting factor. Both and hands or just one? Both. Well, okay. with the thyroid, oh, but I, I was tremoring with my thyroid issue at the beginning. Um, beep bop boop bop beep bop. So. It, it, Grinds came back quicker than ballistics and quicker than get-ups. Uh, and then I was like, but like, I need to get my conditioning back up. I was gauging my success by like my double kettlebell squat or ultimate sandbag squat and my overhead press. When you do the snatches, is it outside or inside? It's inside. Okay. Right. That's inside. And what I found is, I don't want to give the secret. I'm going to hold on to this because I'm actually going to sell a program of how like, how to like, I think I found like a trick to crush your RKC or SFG snatch test. Like I just found a protocol that like. What are you going to name it? I don't know. You don't know yet. Okay. That's all right. We'll talk about it. Fury secret. Secret Smash test. Crusher. Beater. Beast mode. Elite. Tactical. Super top secret. Crusher. Finisher. Um, Godzilla. (laughs) Flame throwing, destroying, whatever. Yeah. So I do snatches one day a week. I have gotten into the mace work thanks to Ben Marvin, who's been on the podcast. My buddy Ben, uh, Ben, who introduced me to them while I was out in Austin. So I do mace work at least once a week. Uh, I do kettlebell juggling once or twice a week, which is building up my work capacity, my hand-eye, because I want that mental aspect of it, uh, especially now that I was, I'm much older than you at 46. Like, I want my coordination and that hand-eye to be, like, I want my brain to be sharp and speedy. And, uh, and then Carrie Fisher is one of my enders. So I have, like, two big lifts and a reset, and then I have one of these things as a component of the end. But I work out, you know, I'm in like, you know, the RPE, you know, like a seven to eight, usually in a seven. That's what I've been doing. And then, uh, but like, uh, you know, if I walk around with an 18K belt for 30 minutes, by the time I'm home, I'm like, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I've been hitting this, you know, I've been trying to hit the skate park, you know, three week, three days in a row is rare. Um, But, you know, so I'm trying to find other ways to also do stuff. Like we've been going to the beach and like playing with the kids, going on bike rides, that type of stuff. Do you build sandcastles at the beach? Sand castles made of sand. Yeah. Uh, the kids do. Mud cat. They're more interested, like in digging how deep. You know how like Ben likes the tunnel and Sadie. You know how there's that thing when you take wet sand yes. and you let it drip through yes. and it stacks up. I like, do it all the time. She digs that. I'm a big fan of that too. That reminds me of like diarrhea s- pile. Exactly. <laughs> Number three pile. Yeah. Exactly. I'm like yours looks like diarrhea. Just yeah. Hershey squirts. For some reason, it reminds me of uh, sea monkeys. I'm dating myself, but like... Oh, the red red things? Oh, sea monkeys were like... How does that look like a sea monkey? Because they they used to show them in pictures behind like with their castles. Oh, yeah. And they had like finger heads. You're talking about the actual... Like the background of that. Yeah, Yeah, like it reminds me of that. Anyway, I've dated myself. I'm old, guys. We've established. I'm 46. But I don't feel so old. You're not that old yet. Huh? Kim says... We've been having this 46 argument. Hold on. In how many years are you going to be 69? What is that? What oh, is that's, that's math. That's math. That is, all right, we'll talk about it later. I'll figure it out. You guys keep talking. <laughs> I'm shocked that you would bring that number. 73 and 72. If you figure it out. 63. There's lots of finger counting going. 
I should add that there's lots of cans of uh, canned margaritas. margaritas. Thank you. Thank you, Cutwater Spirits and Gowanus Wine. 26 Masters. years. From San Diego, California. 26 yeah. years till 69. 23 years. 23 years. Yep. Until we're 69? Yeah. At least Fury. <laughs> well, we had this weird moment. Kim and I got a new car and we love it. Like, we really love it. Well, it's not new, it's used. It's a 2016. And we're like, you know, we bought a, a, a new used car. And we were like, well, this car, I'll be with us for 15 or 20 years. And then I'm like, holy shit, I'll be over 60. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, I have gray pubes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, that's now. <laughs> oh. I, I have no, I have lots of gray elsewhere. I haven't had one down there yet. Or maybe yeah, one. I think, I know, I don't think I've had one yet. Me neither. Un pube. <laughs> but my beard, for the longest time, I had like a few. I can see some now. A few on either side. And now they're like joined. Because we were actually like we were talking with the kids the other day about like, hey kids, how many years since you think my, my goatee is fully gray? One to three or more? And both of them are like two, two and a half. I like that they're on board with this. That's, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, what were we talking about before Pew? Uh, I fuck know. if I know at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, uh, anyway, so what the, we were going, going way back. <laughs> See, folks, listen, I just want to say, not only, it, it, it's always, a, it's different. We've never done one from the apartment before. We're live! We're live, actually, in We're the apartment. We're live AF! Um, <laughs> just having a conversation, catching up. Like, Wes's uh, bus was canceled originally, so he got here a little later, so... We're, we're like excited to see each other and catch up. So we're a little all over the place. But we were just talking about you got in and you started building your business back up in oh, Philly. Right. What was what was like a if somebody finds themselves in a situation where they have to rebuild their business, whether it's like me where I'm in the same neighborhood but I'm not taking people, or maybe I'm in like just a different part of town where you know a different part of town is enough to lose your clientele because they're not going to travel to you. Wait, um, you're saying like training somewhere else? Yeah, if you were trained somewhere else or if you have to move to another city, what's well, a piece of advice? Oh, I got you. Okay, to got to you. sort of, sort of uh, with both your highs and lows right. of rebuilding to where you are now on the upswing again, what's a piece of advice to save potentially maybe like a downswing from somebody? Like something they should expect and something they should try to do? First off, that's an awesome fucking question. Um, I think regardless, there's going to be... there's. Depending on what route you take, there's probably going to be a downswing. But unless you're like, maybe you're with Equinox or some shit, right? And you're like the head dude and you move and they like somehow make you the head dude. I don't know if that's even a thing. But all that being said, I think there will be a downswing, but you can like minimize the damage done. If first off you start like asking your network, which I did do that. Like, talking to your friends, like, do you know anyone in this area? Who do you know in this area, right? Whether it's a coach, mm -hmm. trainer, gym, whatever. So start asking your people, right? Strength action, which, again, in retrospect, I did a little bit of that, but probably not enough. And in any case, so do that. Then once you go there, right, let's say you're visiting town for the week or you're looking for an apartment or whatever it is, start going around, but plan it in advance, like gym to gym. But look for things that you think you'd be interested in, right? So, like, if... Uh, you're a CrossFit person, you're probably not going to want to do Orange Theory type thing, right? Or if you're an independent trainer, you're probably not going to work at a big box, want to work at a big box. You might have to, right? Or whatever it may be. So go to like multiple uh, gym settings, right? And like business settings, whether it's one-on-one, -on -one, semi-private groups, what have you. Ask questions. Also like see if you can just chill for a day. Maybe even go chill for a day and then ask questions. Be like, yo, can I meet with like 
the owner or the this person or the that person and like talk to the people who are in the trenches, like the employees and like ask them questions like, how do you like it here? How long have you been here? Um, I guess sort of interview and not interrogate, but like, you know, feel the vibe because in the end, vibe matters a shit ton. You know what I mean? Like I've been at places where it's like not exactly what I would be doing, but it was like still fitness related and I needed to do it for like, yeah. to be honest, like money. Right. And, but I vibe with my coworkers and it's like that made work so much freaking better, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, which I don't know. Everyone's got their own way of doing that. But like, if you sit down like we are now and you start bullshitting with someone, you can feel like the vibration, right? The vibe. And, uh, anyway, and rant. What were you going to say? No, I think it's important because I, you know, I think for almost every trainer, especially when we start, or at least, you know, maybe it's different if you came from a collegiate background I don't, I don't know but I don't think so I don't is, I, I is, have is, a background I you don't. immediately are on this hustle like you need every dollar from everybody and yep. to some degree that's a reality yep but you you we stay we tend to stay in that mindset too long and like if you have bills to pay you have to be respectful but you also have to shape your life out because most of the trainers I think especially not just from the new trainers that come say sorry I'm burping <laughs> I'm going to try to fart before this is over again. Yeah, more farts and burps. Sorry, folks. Um, for, coming from Strength Faction, from new and veterans, it's like we get burned out on that shit. It's like fear-based, right? Yep. Because like, if I don't get this fucking session fee, I don't know where the next one's coming. And I don't want to take stuff for granted because it's important, but you have to find a way to carve your life out of it. Because as a trainer, as opposed to other careers, there's no set schedule. Like no, you might be a factory, you might be a factory worker on a day shift where you work nine to five, or maybe you're in the evening shift where you're like fucking like eight to two, whatever that might be. Right. Trainers can be like all day and night. Side note: If you're a newer trainer, you're gonna have to do that shit. Don't think yes. that like everyone. Like I'm not trying to like bash on new trainers or whatever, but a lot of people coming like into the game, they think like. Oh no, I had a this, so I can't do that. But like in the beginning, you're gonna have to fucking do that. Like I think with training or any career, you have to be prepared that there's gonna be many years of like it's the fucking job. Like right. this is what I do, and if you care about it, you put it's the so time true. in. And then there's like we all hit this moment of like this combination of like. <laughs> Got it. All right. I'm sorry. Combination. I had to get it in my stomach. Uh, folks, we have our first uh, Coach Fury podcast drinking game. When Wes farts, take a shot. Done. Uh, <laughs> and Kim left on that note. Or right. smell. Um, but you're going to have to do it, right? Like, that. that is kind of the thing. But you have to have an awareness of when... It's so weird. Like, I, I'm trying to verbalize what my thought is right now. Uh, quality my, of life versus my, hustle? It's quality of life or hustle. But, like, so I'll say this. Say my first, like, bunch of years in visual effects and advertising. Like, I worked a shitload of hours. I was ready to do weekends. I was ready to stay late at night. It wasn't always great, but there was, like, an energy to it. And you knew this was part of what this was. And it was kind of exciting and fun. Right. And whatever anxiety you had from it, it was, like, that was also just part of this process of make, making something happen. Like, going through the ringer to birth something cool. Right? I believe that. And in trainer land, there's a level of going through that to make something happen. But it tends to feel more prolonged. And at a certain point, and this is where like my age is a perspective, where you start to be like, I don't want to do this so long. I've worked at a point, and it's not ego. It's like, it's, it's, I should say it's not, it's hard to separate ego from 
where you really want your life to be. I completely right? agree. Like how many trainers have like gotten into training, like became trainers because they love this idea of fitness or training themselves and then they fucking learn to hate it or they fall apart. Like, I mean, I'm a perfect example. I went to Strength Faction just for a program. Right. Didn't expect to be a mentor because my training fell apart. I was doing stuff. Like it wasn't like I was just like sitting down and but like it wasn't, not lifting. Like top notch. But it's like, and I could program myself. Like I'm good at programming. But it was just like, ah, it wasn't the same fucking thing. And we all do that. And if your stoke dies where you don't want to continue to work that hustle that level, you either have to reevaluate: is this really what you want to do, or you more importantly have to evaluate how are you doing what you want to do. And that's sometimes real fucking hard because those are hard decisions. Like I lose, I have people come in. It happened literally just the other day. I have people come in, take a trial class, and love it here. But I'm on a very specific set of hours. I only offer ten hours a week here, classes, ten classes a week, and my schedule works around Kim, myself, and the kids. So it's not the easiest or even most client friendly necessarily. And those that can make it work, make it work because they want to be here. Because they see that there's something special here. And yeah, I could offer up like a shitload of more classes, but like I don't necessarily want that life. Right. At least as my training setup seems now. Right. Now, I'm in a unique position where I'm not looking for 300 members. I'm looking for like 30 to 40 members. I hit that number. Then I'll look at another space, maybe getting a space where I can... I'll have more hours and be more centralized there and it makes more sense. But for right now, this is what makes sense to me. So there's this line where you have to realize like, okay, you're, you're putting in your sweat equity, you're learning, you're paying your dues, quote unquote, versus like you're just getting now beaten down by the fucking profession that we love. And that's what sucks about it because like most of us, at least I would imagine anybody listening to this show, I'm speaking to you, you love this. You love an aspect of training people, helping people, bettering people. Because you wouldn't listen to an outside on your free time, outside of a session, even fucking think about. Like, why would, I, why would you be listening to me speak right now? Or me. Or, well, Wes is, like, more interesting than me. But, like, why <laughs> is that? Uh, and I think that's, like, an important thing to just take a moment to ponder. Like, so if you're already listening to this show, you got a head start. And, and you're who I want this show to be and also for newer people I want you to be able to figure it out and for non-trainers I want you to see like A hear Wes fart and when we talk about movies and Godzilla and stuff but also like well, this is what's going on behind the scene dude there's so much shit that goes on behind the scene of your, of your like, session even my wife didn't realize you know what I mean I've been very grateful that most people that I've trained and the places that I've at, like, there was a lot of respect for the trainers. Right. But I've also heard people talk to me because, you know, like, everybody trainers. It's like if, if you were a restaurant or a barber. Right. Like, people love to talk about, oh, well, my trainer is like a fucking blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. And, and they, they, they like, talk shit on them. Yeah. I'm like, you don't know how many hours that person worked. You don't right. know how little sleep they have. Right. You don't know how much they make. Right. Like, everyone's going through shit, too. Uh, everyone's gone through shit. I know. And Not it's hard to... It's hard for a trainer ego because usually if people can afford to pay for us, right. they're making more than us. Right, right. Which means they potentially treat you like the help. I haven't really had that in a long time, but I see exactly what you're saying. <laughs> Fucking, there's lots of soapbox moments on this one. I know. I'm it's fired up. Deep AF. It I'm really is. It. Balls deep. Maybe elbow deep. I don't know. It's really good. I like I it. Yes, it is. Um... So from let, 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 let's wrap up the fitness aspect of this okay. at least. 
right? What's been like the big turning point for you now in Philly? Because it seems like you're on an upswing. Uh, okay, honestly, I think it was myself. Like I kind of like it. I'm gonna be very vulnerable or honest right now, whatever. Like it really messed with me, right? Like I, and it's interesting too, because like we're, earlier we we're talking about like certs and all this shit. Since moving, right, I always stay on top of my education, right? I go to courses and seminars and strength faction and blogs and podcasts and all the shit anyone listening to this does. RKC 1, 2, and OS with me. Yeah, this is true. Bing, bing, bing. Um, but I had like a shit ton of success before I did any of that. Meaning like, well, in my opinion, right? If, if you're listening like in West Show Dub's opinion of success, not like, you know, whatever. But in any case... I had a lot of clients and like I was crushing sessions, whatever, long before I had even all the added stuff. So now I've got all this stuff, plus I've had success. And I was like, I'm not gonna lie, I was in a bad headspace, dude. I was just like, I kept being like, not like feeling bad for myself, but almost, you know what I mean? Like like an identity, identity crisis, I guess you could say. Like when I played rugby, I tore my knee up. And I was like, I always identify as an athlete. And I was like, I'm Wes, I play rugby. And I was like, <sighs> and I think it was kind of the same thing. It's like I went from like Wes, like, the trainer, coach, fitness, strength coach, whatever dude, who has a bunch of clients and crushes it, like has full classes to like, oh hey, you're the dude with tattoos and like you play with kettlebells. <laughs> it's so fucking hard, man. Uh, maybe that's an ego thing, I don't know. I think it's a little bit of everything. I think, you know, in most careers, there's a point where, you know, like say you have a corporate job, right? right. Like you start out, say, say like if we go for like the fucking Hudsucker proxy. Uh, look up that reference, folks, if you're not getting it. If you do, I love you. Uh, you start in the mailroom, you work your way up, and then, you know, at a certain point, you hit a, a thing. And with trainers, there's very, other than like a dollar amount, it's hard to gauge your success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like somebody brand new might be clocking sessions just because they have this stellar personality. That was and, me, to be completely honest. Yeah. Like, I had know? a formal education, but like coaching, coaching, my coaching now is way better. And programming I, and all that, but early on it was just like I just I know how to bullshit and talk. I, I'd say like my sincerity was probably like a big thing because yeah. like I had same, no coaching, same. no coaching background, right? Yeah. Like, folks, quite frankly, the the nickname Coach Fury, the real the original nickname is Bald Fury because I have an anger uh, uh, issue, which not so much anymore, but I did. The coach was because I literally thought I've never been on a team before, wow. that I thought it was funny. That even though I was certified as a coach, I thought it was just funny of all people to call like, myself a coach. A coach. And to. now I fucking, like, it's a badge of honor because, like, now it's like, you know, I understand, like, the weight behind it. Yeah, um, being a coach. I like, love it, great man. Power, I, I love responsibility well, type I, shit. I, you know, I've been on the soapbox before. We have, whoever you train today is a better person because of you Dude, today that's all right i'm about to go into a tangent real quick please you just said this shit so like like i was saying earlier like i would get in my own head i was like how am i not busy like i have no money like all this shit like whatever but i have a folder right that's full of notes from clients chicago state college like wherever or and coaches that it says like all this it sounds corny as fuck but it has like all these super nice things of like either like you know you you know, I lost this much weight with you and I have so much more confidence or just like, hey man, thanks for being there. Whatever, right? But it's shit that people have sent me like that means a lot to me. And when I'm having a shitty ass day, I open that thing. And it's so corny, but I open it and I just look and I'm like, this is why I do what I do. Because we all get to that point where like, God damn it, I don't have any sleep and like, 
I have a session at this time, and then da, da da But like, if you think back, it's like someone's paying me to make them exercise. Someone is fucking paying me, probably somewhere between sixty to hundred and whatever, depending on where you live, dollars. Yeah. To make them exercise, and on top of that, I get to learn about them. They get to learn about. I mean, I feel this way. You don't have to agree, but like, learn about me, share time together, get them better, and you're like making them more competent at movement, which makes them more confident, which makes them like. Like, personally, I say this shit all the time, right? When people come in and train with me, and my thing is, like, I want to be the best part of their day. So even if I've only had one monster, and it's, like, four, like, whatever. I've been up since, like, I always wake up at, like, five or whatever. Uh, I'm going to bring the juice. I'm going to bring the thunder. You know what I mean? Because I want someone to leave, even if I do not want to fucking be there. And I don't want someone, like, I want to be the best part of their day. Like, I want them to leave feeling better than when they fucking came in. Like, if they come in, and I've had that happen. I'm sure you have too. I mean, people the come goal in. is that that's yeah. like the majority of every session. Right, every, right, everyone. And I've literally had people, literally clients, and it's been a while, well, no, it hasn't, who've come in and been like, you know what, dude? Like, I was so pissed off when I came here, and like, I feel so much better. Thanks, dude. And it's training. It's not like yeah. people are like, I'm not a therapist. Like, I'm not saying I am. Like, I'm training. I'm just being who I am and, you know, whatever. But people are like, dude, I feel so much better. And in my head, I'm like, fuck, yeah. That's why I do what I do. And when that happens, that gives me enough juice for a long time. And that's when you start to think, like, we can make a living here. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not the living we wished. How can I get closer towards that? But it's also that becomes that realistic expectation. Like, is this enough? Right. And it's fucking crazy because I, I go through that. I love how you brought that up. Like, you have all these certs, you have this experience, and you're like, I'm broke. And like, I, I, should, <laughs> I should be. You know, I should be having this. And, you know, I never, ever knew that there'd be this opportunity to have a fucking... Like, podcasts weren't a thing when I became a coach. Right, right same here. But the fact that, like anybody would even talk to me much less listen the fact that like i have you here someone that i respect and love but and like vice versa talk like spending this time to talk on a microphone blows my mind right the fact that you the listener it, it's like blows my mind but the fact that like original strength dvrt the rkc and strength faction amongst everybody else that's hosted me to do like a fury specific workshop do an in-service or teacher like, the f I didn't expect that as even in a possibility in the realm of what fitness was. Like, I right. just took courses and things that I was interested in. And then I got, I wanted to help share that with people. And that's how I became a trainer. So I didn't start taking certs to become a trainer. I took certs because I wanted to get better at something I, I love. Bingo. And then shared it. Right. And But there's points where, like, okay... If you're going to take a class in Brooklyn or a one-on-one -on -one session in Brooklyn on strength training, especially if you're interested in kettlebells or ultimate sandbags or whatever. Or naked training. I, I start ornate. Well, that would be your, you own that field. I do Greco-Roman style. Uh, I'm like, I have this realistic expectation of what my dollar value should be. Cause like who else is travel? Like this is going to sound ego as fuck. And I don't mean it to. Just but let like, it drop. Be, who else has song? traveled the world teaching sandbags, kettlebells, you know, for the groups they've done, literally traveled the world, helped a bunch of trainers, and it's a, it's a, it's, it's not the ego attached to it that, it's the fact that I could think that there might be some people in Japan or Australia, or you know, fucking Kansas that helped their client with one little snippet of something they might have picked up from me. Dude, teaching. shit has a butterfly effect though. So, uh, and that's what I'm about. I'm about the Bruce Lee ripple. If I Damn. could be the small ripple somewhere down the line, there's going to be a lot of people that might have been helped, but. 
So that's like that's just like a fact. You know, Josh Hankin actually once when we were talking about how, how I can present myself was like, you are now an international fitness presenter. And that sounds like classy as fuck, and I don't feel that way in my no, head. That but, should be your fucking Instagram. But it's like a, a realistic true. thing. So it's there's it. the realistic aspect of it. Now the ego kicks in where I should be like, oh, I've started for your industry. I'm doing classes. Like I've got all these fucking titles. Why aren't more people here? Right, right. And I'm like, that's that's just not how it works. Dude, that's that's my ego getting away. I'm gonna be way. completely honest. That that was my attitude when I first. Yeah. Like I'm gonna be honest. I had an ego, and I was like. What the fuck? I was like, I've looked around this, like, not like this city, but like, I've definitely got more experience and knowledge, or not knowledge, but like, certificate, whatever you want to call it, right? And I was like, how am I not busy? And then be like, dude, that's not, that's, it, it does matter, it does, right? But like, that's not what, how you build community and clients and affect people and all that shit. And it's still, that, that does go back into all the way in the back of the, the beginning right. of this podcast about right. this idea of like, they care about what you present to them, that experience right. and their results versus like, yeah, it sounds great to say like my coach <laughs> has been to Tokyo, but like, if, what if like, there might, I'm sure there's coaches that have been like another foreign places that have like done shit jobs. Huh? Right. It, it's like, it's what is, what have I done for the person? And, right. and, and how and has I, that affected them? Like in a it, positive light. And yeah. that's the thing. And one of the things I'm grateful for is like, you know, I, I get, a lot of my other people I train are coaches. Yeah, dude, you have a shit ton. You have more than a lot of people because you are Fury. Because I, I would, RKC, I, I would say like, I give a shit ton. I've seen at least three dudes post recently about you, which is totally like. I mean, I've got a ton of followers. I'm super popular. <laughs> By the way, strength come real quick, real quick. Every time I listen to a podcast, coaches and trainers like, you know, it's not about the Instagram, whatever. It is for me. All right, at Show Dub, follow me now. Anyway, follow them. I want to get to 69,000 followers. But anyway, the point being... You yeah, I just want to say, like, definitely follow. go follow him at that show. <laughs> if you don't know how to find him, find him at I Am Coach Fury. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because every time I was in a podcast, like, yeah, man, like, social media, like, blah, blah. And I get it. Like, I get it, right? We could have a whole conversation about that. But I'm always like, dude, if I'm on a podcast, I'm like, follow me now. <laughs> I, it's a weird thing where as a trainer now, and I've had this, I've, I've, I've written about this a little bit and we had this great talk with Becky on the show is I'm posting actually a lot for Fury Industries, but I don't feel this, the pressure to post for Fury Industries. It's like I have a funny idea or a picture or a moment and I capture the I moment. that dancing one. It made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. And I want to share it. Like. Ramona laid down on a mat. I keep like after the class leaves is usually when I go work out and we wipe down all the mats and I leave out my mat and then I'll go work out and then I'll like, you know, reset and cool down on that mat. And like Ramona today's picture is like, you know, she's like fucking, she goes and lays down on the mat in front of two kettlebells and a sandbag and I take a picture and I think it's fucking adorable. It's not like I, I got Ramona to lay down on the sandbag. She just did it. Uh, and then we like the other night, Christian and Shola were here and they both happened to have these awesome print shirts and these nice fedora hats and I'm like, fuck, I gotta go get my Hawaiian shirt and fedora hat. So yeah, we took yeah, a picture of that. Uh, so where it's fun and I'm putting stuff out as opposed to like we have this unnecessary pressure being like, I need to post on Instagram right now. Huh. Or I'm not a success. Right. How will they know that I'm good if I don't show them that I'm good? Right. Well, it's the fucking person that goes home and goes back to their husband, wife, partner, lover, kids, whatever. Tinder date. Tinder date. Okay. Grinder date. Anyway. Uh, scruff. Right. Scruff date. 
Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, those are the things. So it's also like, how, as trainers, how we leverage ourselves off of not only dollar amount, but likes and shares. Like, ugh. <laughs> ugh. So wait, real quick. I'm going to say something funny is on a tangent, okay? <laughs> Have you ever seen people in fitness or like... People always ask me about X. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so, so, so I'm going to do that real quick. People always ask me about how many monsters do I have? I have two monsters a day. All right, that wasn't as funny as I thought it was. But you, you get where I'm fucking going with was that. Was that even a joke? Though? No, it wasn't. It was a- <laughs> There was no, there was like partial <laughs> setup. Yeah, was, no story, no punchline. But, but I get it. It's like it's like when somebody randomly tries to say. I mean, uh, I've done this too. Like this is the oh, big. Done it. This is the big blog clickbait, right? Like the five best things you could do for X, or these are the seven <laughs> mistakes you're doing for X, or. Uh, you know, I have an idea for a blog post and I'm going to frame it in like, people always ask me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've done I, this. Okay. I don't know why I like it so much, but I find it funny as shit. I'll probably do it again, though. Like, I'm, I'm going to do it. it like, I would do it. Again. Like, people always ask me, like, what do I have for breakfast? And it's like, <laughs> monster. I don't know. Whatever it is. I'm going to start all my posts now with like, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> nobody gives a shit. What Godzilla movie I watched today. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, I went to bed at 9.08 p.m. Thank you. Yeah, how's your sleep being? Mine's been mediocre. I want yours to be better because I'm an expert. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me a question. That's the latest Instagram thing. Anyway. Anyway, uh, you know what? This is a good time, I think, to actually sort of wrap this up. We've been chatting for a while. and Can Wes we do and it I- again soon? Yes. And uh, right. Wes and I need to go to bed because we're going to go crush the HKC at we're actually uh, sleep Bowery. But uh, to face. <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know how Kim's going to feel with that. She can sleep in the kids' room. He's being all bold. He's sleeping in the kids' room on the Toy Story bed. <laughs> yeah, on the top bunk. No, no you're on bottom bunk. All right. Sadie's got the Hello Kitty bed. She's top, <laughs> she's top bunk. She's not in tonight. Oh. Um, but anyway, uh, Wes. Yes. Let's get you those followers. Where can all people right. follow you and find out more about you? Okay, this is the most important takeaway of the entire podcast. <laughs> Instagram at Showdub S H O W D U B. Twitter at Showdub. Facebook Wesley Showalter. Feel free to slide up in my DMs, but please no uh, inappropriate references or pictures. Boom goes the dynamite. I am happily married. Beep bop. Yeah, so those are the things. Hey, before the end, end, uh, explain real quickly what's free content Friday. Oh, all right. So. Again, this is actually probably the most important takeaway, all right? So Free Content Friday is where I get naked in the gym <laughs> on a Friday, like naked. Like not like, oh, I'm wearing socks. Like This isn't a joke. This, this is, is yeah, like... This is not a joke. This is not us <laughs> laughing at shit. The this things is you like, can't unsee. Yeah, this is like small meat, big potatoes, <laughs> stack of dimes attached to a bald man with And a baby carrot. Baby carrot, right. <laughs> so in any case, imagine that. Good visual. Uh, doing like kettlebell swings, Turkish get-ups, box jumps, uh, ballistics, isometrics, banded exercises, multi-planar, lateral stuff, up and down stuff, side to side, whatever, butt naked, and then I send a video of it to my friends with a tip. So like, it'd be like a great way to practice, a great regression for a windmill is to do the half kneeling position. Friends always ask me. <laughs> <laughs> my friends always ask me. 
What's a great regression for the windmill? And I tell them, here it is right here. Make sure to get naked first. Half kneeling, windshield wiper. And I like do the windshield wiper motion like five times, butt naked. So there's like <laughs> swinging parts, like almost like a pendulum of baby carrot. But in any case, that's free content fight. So it involves nude exercise in the gym. Just me. There are no members present. And if you have any specific requests, hit me up. But I kind of have to know you and there's a password and all this <laughs> DVD and VHS coming yeah, your way. Yeah, I'll be speaking on the Perform Better Summit. <laughs> <laughs> About free content. Um, <laughs> in the best ways of like not taking ourselves seriously and play and, and just having fun and play. Um, it is some of the funniest shit I've ever seen, and also I have deleted Snapchat from my phone. You're not the first. You are not the first. Um, uh, hey, Wes, can you yes. tell the listeners to die mighty? Can I say it however I want to say it? Yeah, say however you want to say it. Oh, die mighty, die mighty, die mighty. That was so loud it might have blown out the microphone oh, a little lower. <laughs> say it again. Die mighty. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, thank you so much for coming in uh, and listening. I hope you had a good time. Uh, I think this was a fun one and a lot to learn from. And... Uh, as trainers, like, I'm going to shout out to you right now. And I try to be real with this. Man, we struggle. We all struggle. Just keep in the fight. And if you don't feel like that fight's worth it, get out now and save your time. And I'm saying that as a positive, not as a condescension. Uh, but if this is what you want to do, stay in and make it happen. Uh, all joking aside, we're here for you. Let me know if I can help. Send me a message. Um... For the first time in a long time of trying to figure out the best way to do this and working at two of the best gyms in the city, if not the world, I, I could actually, when people like last night at this, like saying hey to my friend Omel's going away party, um, to say that I'm like in a great place. And it doesn't mean I'm making the most money, but I have like the most potential and the most hope and like the most happiness and control of my life. So if there's anything I do to help, message me on. And, and for enthusiasts that are thinking about doing the training, if you if you feel it, if you fucking feel it, make it happen because you can help people, right? It's not going to be about the money, but you can literally help people the way someone might have helped you. And if you're kind of like you think it's a fun job and it's good to work out and blah, 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 like save yourself the fucking stress. I'm going to be bold about that one and just like maybe rethink that. Because it's not an easy gig. It's not about working out. Most trainers actually struggle to get their own training time in. Uh, it is a lot of fun, but it's also emotionally draining. And you're not seeing that side of it in the hour. Because we would fucking suck as trainers if you saw that within your hour with a trainer. But if you're an enthusiast that's like, this has meant a lot to me. And I want to help people the same way. Invest in that shit. Fury out. The Coach Fury Podcast is created, owned, and produced by Steve Coach Fury Holliner for Fury Industries, LLC. Music provided by The FTW. Visit the FTW.nyc for band, tour, music, and merch info. Artwork created by Glenn Gurrieta. Visit glenngurrieta.com. That's G-L-E-N-N-U-R-I-E-T-A. Or follow him on Instagram at glenngurrieta. Voice over by Laura Palmer.